0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Hello, friends. John Eldridge here alone in the studio this week. It just seems like it's one of those weeks where Craig is out, Bart's out, Stacy, Morgan, the team, everybody's doing something or or down with a bug. And so I'm holding the fort here faithfully. Great to have you with us. Thanks for tuning into our podcast here in February. I want to share an experience with you that I had a couple of mornings ago um, as I was praying for you and praying about uh, this and the content that Jesus uh, would have for us. As I was praying, what Jesus said was, what's the last thing I said to you? Now, it wasn't meant to imply that I was supposed to go back and find, you know, the last thing that Jesus had talked to me personally about and bring that to you, but rather I could sense that what he was bringing up was the whole issue of staying with the words that he gives us, staying with issues that he's raised or... um, you know, revelations that we've gotten, you know, things that have jumped off the page of Scripture to us, staying with that. And here's why. Let me explain why. Every time I fire up my phone in the morning or my computer, there's always this notice. I'm sure you get these too. Software updates available. You know, there's a new one every single day and several times during the day, right? So I go through the rigmarole of, you know, Yes, I accept this and updating my system or some, you know, little program or app or something that makes me feel cool and on top of things. And I I, I get that. I get that. I understand, you know, the need to stay on top of things and keep everything running smoothly. But there's something about the number and the frequency of those updates that just screams volumes about the world in which we live. For one thing. The world is obsessed, and I mean absolutely compulsively driven, with the new, the latest, the next thing, the next thing. We are absolutely obsessed with it. I mean, think of it. How long was the iPhone out before there was the next generation iPhone and, you know, then the next and the next and the next and the next and how long does a movie Stay at the top of the charts before the next blockbuster pushes it aside? I mean a week? A few days? They made great pickup trucks last year, but this year's model is pushed as so far superior. When you're watching the commercials, you feel like owning last year's truck leaves you in the stone age. Now, sure, yeah, you know, you have Google, but do you have Google Chrome? You know, you thought your HD TV was amazing when you bought it, but you do you have? 3D HD. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, think of the gigawillion apps that are out there. Are you up to date on the latest apps? Is it possible to stay up to date? See, I'm trying to point out something that is so thick, so permeating our daily lives, most of us aren't even aware that it's weird and costly. The rush to the new. That this obsession with the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the new thing is a kind of appetite or momentum or current sweeping you along, and it's profoundly robbing you of your life with God. Here's a simple question What was the last thing that God said to you, and what did you do with it? I am embarrassed to think of how many wonderful things God has spoken to me, even in just the past year, and honestly, how little of it remains. And by spoken, I mean through any of the ways that God speaks to us, through his word, something that just, oh, as you were studying it, it just opened up you know, whole new treasures to you of of Jesus or something that someone said to you or maybe um, in a time of worship or a new song that just gripped you or something that he spoke through revelation, you know, just any of the ways, his own spirit speaking in your heart, okay? So really, what was the last thing God said to you and what have you done with it? You see, this headlong rush to the next thing has totally infected Christianity. Think of it, and this cracks me up. What if your pastor began this year, 2012, by saying, I intend to repeat my sermons from last year, verbatim. I know that God has more for us, and we moved way too quickly past what I had to say. I mean... He would lose the crowd. Wouldn't you be irritated, disappointed? Wouldn't you feel like, wow, this guy isn't doing his homework? I mean, he'd lose his job. What if you walked into your local bookstore and a sign on the front table said, no new books this year? We are carrying last year's titles only in order to help you stay with the wonderful truth contained in them. (laughs) I mean, it you would not come back, right? This, it's the next thing. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. I was just aware the other day, um, Stacy was playing some worship songs that we had really been captured by several years ago, and I hadn't heard them for several years. And I remembered how much they meant to us then, and, but they feel, I just kind of feel a little dated now because they're not new. They're not what's hip. They're not what's on the cutting edge. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate the way it's infected Christianity. I hate the way it's infected me. This obsession with the new, the next thing, you know, it really is a kind of lust. It's a lust for the new thing, the update, the update, the update. And it's saturating even our spiritual lives. And here's how I've noticed this. I've noticed that in my own just daily walk with Jesus, just kind of the day in and day out, um, that he's spoken incredible things to me. And though I can't recall what they were, nor if they really changed my life, I'm constantly on the watch for the next thing, the next word from the Lord, right? And I'm always asking him, what are you saying, Lord? What are you saying? Now, I need to qualify this for a second. So don't get me wrong. I think it is crucial that we stay current With Jesus, I think that's crucial. And and what are you doing now, Lord? And what are you saying now? And that we don't fall into ruts or patterns or gigs or, you know, that kind of thing. However, however, you've got to bring this into some perspective. The spiritual life is not an app with frequent updates. The spiritual life is lived at a completely different pace than the speed of the Internet. The soul doesn't live at the speed that the world runs at. And see, what happens is God gives us all kinds of gifts, and they're simply lost, treasures just left behind on the road as we get swept along in the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago I was reading something in C.S. Lewis, and he was lamenting the fact that he missed his days in Ireland where he walked – where he needed to get to, whether it was the store or church or a friend's house. And he was lamenting how he had to travel now by car and how it didn't give him the soul time that walking once did. I mean, my reaction was, you are a dinosaur. Like, that is so archaic. I mean, it sounds quaint and it sounds lovely and it also sounds like, you're kidding me. I mean, I just flew from Buenos Aires overnight to Colorado. But who is more in touch with reality? Okay, so here's the confession. I think it was about five years ago now. I was on a wilderness father and son trip with a bunch of dads and their sons. And during that time, Jesus spoke to me about maybe one of the most crucial things he's probably said to me in the last 20 years. I was really tied up in, oh, just all this inner anxiety and and feeling like a disappointment um to God, like a disappointment to my wife, like I was blowing it with my sons, just, just a lot of um shame and regret. And uh, I brought all that to Jesus in a in a private time one morning and I asked him to speak into it, and he didn't say what I thought he'd say. I thought you know, just knowing his kindness and his love and compassion, I thought he was going to say was, you're okay. It's okay. I love you. Everything's forgiven. You're doing great. But instead, what he said is, "Um, it's me in you. You need to trust my life in you because you're trying to live the Christian life on your own strength. Now, I know that that sounds like really basic. But when he spoke it, and in the context and in the timing, it was an absolute earthquake. It was a massive revelation. And it was a, it was a rescue. He was throwing me a rope. I did nothing with that for five years. I mean, even though it was this incredible gift from God and it was this amazing thing. And, yep, you bet. I wrote it in my journal and, you know, went home. But then I just got swept on with the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the new thing. And the... The way that we live our professional lives and the way that we live, you know, in the culture and the way that we live with our smartphones and our apps and and all of that has really infected our spiritual life, and I just left it behind. Now, I'm grateful to say I've come back to it recently, and I've begun to recover the treasure that Jesus gave because I still need it. I mean, it's a word that I need right now that will rescue me, and I need to stay with it and so all I'm trying to do today is simply I don't know, maybe poof, you know, send up a flare, sound an alarm, just I'm trying to rescue us from the insane pace of consumption that our culture is aiming at us like a fire hose. And I don't mean material consumption. I don't mean, you know, buying the next outfit, you know, getting the next vacation, the next meal, whatever. I'm talking about content consumption just a constant stream of new stuff coming at us all the time. And so let me make this simple. Where are you recording the things that God is saying to you? I mean, how do you record that stuff? Do you write it down? You better. Do you write it down in a place that you ever look at it again? (laughs) You better. And then here's the next thought, is simply stay with those things for a week at least. I mean, meaning they become the focus of your thoughts, your prayers, your meditations. Don't be lured into the next thing. Don't read a new passage, okay? Don't read a new book. Don't, you know, look for the next latest song. You know, stay with what God has given you until the fruit of it is really working itself into your life. I mean, that's the point of this is I, oh, I want the riches. I want the goodness. I want all that God is bringing to me. And and he has brought so much. And, you know, in this headlong race to the next thing, even, quote, the next thing God is doing. And there's a big part of Christianity that's really caught up with that. I lose what he did last week what he said to me last month. And so the fruit of God's gifts wait on us staying with them, lingering with them until the work is done or until the truth has really begun to take root in our being. (laughs) I know, I know this is going to be radical and that's good, that's good. It will do you enormous good. So where are you recording the things that God is speaking to you? And then how are you staying with those things and, frankly, refusing to be swept on to the next thing until God makes it clear that he's moving on to the next thing? I think it's going to be a rescue, and it's going to be really helpful. So thanks for joining us. And as always, love to have you come by our website at ransomedheart.com and dive into the, oh, just the world of resources that we have for you there.